XL, Charlotte Sports Live. Well, happy Saturday to all of you at home and welcome inside Charlotte Sports Live. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday evening. She's Grace Grill. I'm Gabe McDonald and Grace, we've had a very big week here at the CSL Studios. Tons of basketball, tons yeah. of baseball. We're going to cover it all. We Podcast had a launching? Podcast launching. Yes. We'll get to that, too. So we had a first today for one NASCAR team in Nashville. And the Hornets picked Brandon Miller, as you all know by now. And if you're wondering why, the two of us are going to try to discuss that and give you an answer. But we start our night at Bank of America Stadium. Charlotte FC hosting CF Montreal. The crown with just one win in their last five matches. And the first half of this one was a chock full of missed opportunities for both sides. We begin in the 11th minute. Justin Merrim wide open down the left side of the pitch. He sends oh. a beautiful pass across the center of the box to a streaking Capetti, but he couldn't get a clean touch on it. Entering the 26th minute now, another golden opportunity missed. This time Merrim on the receiving end of the pass from Carol Swiderski. It's a good shot, but it's a better save by Montreal's keeper. We are scoreless at the half. On to the final 45. Christian Latanzio would like a goal. I think everybody in that stadium would like a goal. In the 65th minute, maybe their best chance of the night to get one. A lazy pass from Montreal's keeper. Capetti picks it up and hands it off to Swiderski. His shot is stopped. It's another great save. This one ends in another disappointing draw for the crown. Nil-nil is the final at the bank. You can't, I mean, you just can't have that. you got to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. And Christian Latanzio, really critical of his team after this match. I mean, he said he... Straight up told the strikers, y'all need to play better. Just yeah. calling the team out and just saying that, you know, some of the players made some bad choices. And he was just, that was really the frustration on his part is that some of the guys who did make good choices tonight and it showed in the score. Well, and it's one thing, too, like you saw the missed opportunity there yeah. when it was a bad pass. And to be there and to have the chance to capitalize on it and then not being able to do it, that's what makes this even more disappointing. And also, it's disappointing for the fans. So three straight draws, and they haven't won at home in front of home fans since yeah. May 17th now. And there were a couple weeks ago, we were still in that yeah. in the playoff picture, and, and this, this was, was a, a big one. This was a big one, too. like you just mentioned. I mean, they were just separated because obviously Montreal in eighth place just a couple, a few points ahead of FC. This is a match that they really needed. Obviously, yeah. it's good that they didn't come out with the loss. It's a draw, but matches like this, especially with all the inner, inner the chances they had, you got to be able to capitalize. Well, the good thing is that they're still getting points, I guess, if we're going to take a positive away. That's from true. This. Well, let's move on to the hardwood. Here's a look at the Charlotte Hornets' entire draft class following the NBA draft on Thursday. Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. both first-round picks. Charlotte also picked up UCLA guard Amari Bailey with the 41st pick, and they also traded with Boston for James Nashi, who was picked at 31. Well, Brandon Miller will be expected to come in and contribute right away for Bus City. I mean, you don't go number two overall without those high expectations. Our Joe Morano looks back at Miller's college career and what he could bring to the Hornets next season. He entered this college basketball season as the freshman to watch, and Brandon Miller delivered on the hype. In Tuscaloosa, Miller was the decided leader of the Crimson Tide, leading the squad with averages of more than 18 points and eight boards per game, and he also led the team in three-point shooting. His performances led to SEC Rookie and Player of the Year honors, along with National Freshman of the Year and second-team All-American accolades. Alabama went on to win the conference and earned the top overall seed in the big dance last March. But what can Miller accomplish at the next level? At 6'9", his height provides some immediate relief for a Hornets squad that is lacking in big man depth. Charlotte could plug Miller in on the wing on day one thanks to his mobility and range for his size. 
The defense will require some work. Adding more strength will be a priority, so he isn't overpowered by similar-sized opponents on the wing. Expect his immediate contribution to create his own space and slash to the basket while Lamelo feeds him throughout the year. I'm Joe Morano for Charlotte Sports Live. Appreciate it, Joe. And Miller now joins this list of Hornets' number two overall picks all the time. And it's been a mixed bag of results. In 1992, Alonzo Mourning was a winning selection. He was picked behind Shaquille O'Neal, though. We all know how his career turned out. In 2004, Emeka Ogafor went to Charlotte second after Orlando took Dwight Howard. Ogafor did have a decent NBA career, but maybe didn't live up to those expectations coming out of UConn. And then in 2012, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist went second after his Kentucky teammate, Anthony Davis. Kidd-Gilchrist just never panned out offensively. So going into the season, obviously we've looked at the predicted starting lineups. What are maybe some fair expectations for Brandon Miller? Because I personally don't think he'll start right away, but I think he'll eventually get into that role later in the year. Well, when you look at that list, it's kind of a mixed bag yeah. of what you can expect. For me, it's the fact that he's a one and done. Like, I think we put yes. so many expectations on what he was able to do at Alabama, right. we can say this till we're blue in the face, it's a different game, right? Yeah. And because you're so high, you don't think everybody in that league is going to be coming after you like, oh, let me yeah. see what I can put up on the number one pick. Oh, I do. Course. Obviously, he's talented, but yeah. there is always growth at the next level. And he'll definitely have that welcome to the NBA moment. And I think a thing that we can all look at needs to put on a little bit of size, especially yeah. if he's going to be playing in that three, because there are some big power forwards. And, I mean, him being 6'9", he could even be a stretch four as well. So, I mean, the big thing with him is putting on some size. But I think you're looking at a guy that can probably give you about 12 to 15 points. I mean, we all know what he can do offensively, but I think those are pretty fair expectations, possibly an all-rookie team as well. But I wouldn't put just too much on him right away. No rookie of the year expectations right away. I well, we're going to get our first look at him in just a little bit. In a little over a week, Brandon Miller will get his first crack at playing the first overall pick, Victor Wembanyama. I think maybe there's some more expectations there. That'll go down on July 3rd. Charlotte will kick off their summer league schedule in Sacramento against the Spurs. This will be the Hornets' first ever appearance in the California Classic. And then after that event wraps up, they'll head to Vegas for more summer league action starting July 7th. So a busy time ahead for Charlotte's rookies. And it'll also be a busy next two weeks for the Hornets' front office. NBA free agency starts next Friday, and that's when teams and players can start negotiating. Now, LaMelo Ball isn't a free agent, but he is eligible for a max rookie extinction this summer that could be worth more than $200 million. The Hornets also have to figure out if they plan to re-sign Miles Bridges, who is still a restricted free agent. So looking at those two guys, obviously, I think they're going to get that deal done with LaMelo. We all think Miles Bridges is going to come back, but maybe some other needs, guys that they can go out and get in free agency just to help this team because Steve Clifford all about bringing in veteran players, and I think we've talked about this a lot. They need a true leader on the squad, a veteran leader. Well, and that's the the, the forward is obviously, and, and the centered situation right. with Miles Bridges is the biggest need right now. My my concern here is like, okay, if we all expect them to sign back Bridges, and then they right. if they want to create that starting spot for Miller per se, sure. then something's going to maybe have to go down with Gordon. But then Gordon is the guy in my mind that is the leader, the steady head True. in that room. So then you got to go out and bring somebody in that's going to provide that. And really, the only yeah. reason to replace that is if you do something with Bridges. So I don't, I don't I'm yeah, glad it, I don't have to make those decisions. It's interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. So I'm, I'm glad I'm at the same spot as well. And you got to look at other guys like Kelly Oubre, Dennis Smith Jr., guys that are up as well. I think, you know, they're very guard heavy right now. So I think the chances of keeping both of those guys around and going out and getting some more veteran talent, it's going to be tough. So, like you said, luckily we're not the ones making these money decisions, but I think they'll make the right ones in a couple weeks. Well, we got a lot of baseball to talk to too. Baseball's yeah. been fun right now for oh, the majors and the college. Let's go. Let's go talk some Braves.
We're in the bottom of the third. Braves already up 3-0 until Matt McClain sends that one over the wall and right. No hope for Michael Harris on that one. McClain's fourth of the season is a two-run shot, and it is a one-run game. Matt Olson has hit his fair share of home runs this year, like, like 20 more than McClain, actually. That's number 24 of the season for Olson, but it was 200 for his career, and that makes it 6-2 Braves. We go to the bottom of the ninth. Jake Fraley at the plate for the Reds. That's another deep shot, and the Reds are looking for a comeback. Remember, they've won 12 straight. That's a two-run ball game at this point. Next batter is Will Benson. That's another deep one out of there. That one to center. And now it's just a one-run game. Rizella Iglesias, nerves of steel. Jonathan India goes down swinging. Braves hang on, 7-6, to six, and snap the, Red, the Reds' 12-game winning streak. Braves have put 17 runs on the board in the past two games. The skipper, Brian Snicker, wants those bats staying hot. So I feel like I'm in Coors Field here. I never feel safe. I don't feel safe with the lead. I don't feel like we're ever out of it with a deficit. Um, you know, it's just uh, somebody can pop one up and it leaves. Um, you know, so it's just like you never, um, you never feel good until it's over. <laughs> and hopefully you win. Great segue to college ball. Huh? Luckily they did get the win. And now we move to the college ranks in all SEC championship series with LSU taking on Florida. And the Tigers picking up right where they left off on Thursday. Already up one in the third. Gavin Dugas sends one deep in the left and into the bullpen. A solo shot for the Bayou Bengals. They extend their lead to two runs. But the Gators, they get to chomping though. BT Rypel, the dish, the former Coastal Carolina shot clear, sees one he likes and you can forget about it. His final college games before he hangs it up, and that blast gives Florida its first lead of the game. Even hitting him with a little tongue out, looking like MJ out there. A couple innings later, he was the hero on Thursday. He comes up big again. Tommy White turning into Tommy Tanks once again. Another game and another homer for the NC State transfer, and just like that, we're tied at three. That score stood through nine, so we had free baseball, and check out my man Josh Pearson. A game-saving grab, yeah. looking like MJ out there as well. Almost gets the double play, It'd still be a 3-3 game through 10, and those are the plays you need to make if you want to win a national title. In the next inning, it's time for another shot of Jack. Big Bomb Beloso, Cade Beloso, the senior from New Orleans, comes through at the right time with the solo homer to right. The Tigers go back on top 4-3, and they are able to close it out. The Tigers, one win away from their first title since 2009, 4-3, your final game two tomorrow at 3 p.m. Are you not entertained? Is this hey. not the best thing ever? And the best thing that we couldn't show you, Ty Floyd, 17 yeah. strikeouts, tying the NCAA record for the most through in a nine-inning game. Just a big day for him. It was good that they didn't have that good pitching performance brought him go to waste. They came through when they needed to. And college baseball, you can, it, you got to be romantic about it. We've I know. Had two and great what games I love about too. this is that you're starting to see how big the sport has gone. I mean, I, yeah. I look back to when Mississippi State, was that last? No. Two years ago, Mississippi years ago, State, yeah, yeah, when they won, and they that was, I felt like you could feel the momentum building with college baseball. I'm a baseball fan, you're a baseball fan, yeah. so of course we love it. But you got what Joe Burrow was at the game tonight. You're starting to see throwing down some food too, exactly. Yeah. Like bigger, like this is a big deal. It's fun, it's exciting. I mean, in this series alone, you're probably a handful of top. You got three top five, five. three yeah, top five guys least, for sure. Yeah, and I think too, just having, I mean, this just continues to show the SEC. Best conference in football. It's the best conference in baseball, too. Spoken like two. a true SEC. Hey, I got to do it. I mean, hey, we're now about to get another title between one of these two teams. Game two tomorrow is going to be another classic. And the good thing for LSU, winning tonight, don't have to be in a rush to put Paul Skeens back on the mound. That is huge. Yeah. All right, well, after a week off, we'll see Cup Series cars hit the track in Nashville this weekend to kick off the final stretch of the regular season. 
Hear from the man that made history today, coming up next. And before the Panthers head to Spartanburg for training camp, it's youth camp season as one member of the Black and Blue gives back to the stars of tomorrow in his hometown. All right, Charlotte has proven that it is a soccer city. Now there's another opportunity to possibly bring the best teams in the world to town. We explain just ahead here on Charlotte Sports Live. We're back in two minutes. NASCAR making its return from its Father's Day break this weekend in the Music City. Cup Series qualifying earlier this afternoon. Ross Chastain with a lap time of 29.7 seconds. He'd be in the pole position for the time being. Now here's his track house teammate Daniel Suarez in some trouble. Spins out and heads into the wall. He had some flames under his car. Not what you want to see from the 99. Bubba Wallace also fighting for that top spot in the 23. Spins out and goes into the grass as Chastain looks on. Tries not to react too much, but it ends up being a historic day for the Melon Man. He wins his first career pole and will lead the field to green tomorrow. For our Worldwide Express team, it's all about results and shipping things faster than everybody else and better. So it's uh, awesome for the team. Um, hate Daniel tore his, his up. Uh, it's super, super slick down there, but um, personally, just a lot of, a lot of um, personal validation that, that the things we're doing are right. And it's also the first pole win for the Trackhouse team. And we have a night race in the Music City tomorrow with the green flag dropping at 6 p.m. All right, so when football players are fortunate enough to achieve their dreams of making it to the NFL, many have the desire to give back, whether that's in the city that they play in or the one that they are from. Jeremy Chin is the latest Panther to show love to the next generation of stars. Chin returned to his alma mater, Fishers High School, to host his second annual youth football camp. The camp was for kids ages 7 to 13 and cost $10 to register with all proceeds going to Fisher High Athletics and to the Jeremy Chin Foundation. Now on the field, Chin is entering a big season as this marks the final year of his rookie deal. The 25-year-old has some big goals as he aims to get a big payday. I'm a huge goal guy. Um, you know, obviously I want to have a great season. Um, pro Bowl, All-Pro. Uh, as far as individual goals, uh, team goals, I want to win. I want to be an NFC South champion. I want to be an NFC champion. I want to be a world champion. I think everybody would like to be the yeah. world champion. I mean, but these... I, mean, I mean, you're a competitor at the highest level. Everybody wants to win yeah. for sure. And this is going to be an interesting season. We've heard uh, Panthers uh, coaching staff say that he might be that superhero on defense yeah. this year because they, they are, the sense that I get is that they want to utilize him all over the field, right. plug-and-play player. Yeah, he'll be a guy that you see in a lot of different places coming down to the line of scrimmage, back deep in coverage, in the box. I mean, kind of use how the Steelers use Troy Polamalu. That's what yeah. they expect out of him. Now, will he live up to Troy Polamalu, a future Hall of Famer? We'll see. Time will tell. Just entering year four. But I think this is a guy that could come in. He has a good nose for the football. We really saw that his rookie year. And I think last year, if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, he could have made the Pro Bowl with the way that the numbers that he put up. I think you're looking at a guy that can get 80 to 100 tackles this year. And if he can get develop, develop those ball skills a little bit more, get a few more interceptions, that could put him over the top. Because he's one of the better strong safeties right he's now. He's so NFC. athletic. Yes. And that's the thing, I mean, that we saw coming out of college. It's just he just wasn't the best in space and in coverage. And I think this new defense, this new scheme is going to give him a chance to really live up to the abilities that he has and show what he can really do. Because now he'll be able to be that hybrid guy that can just go all over the place. Did you? How do you feel about Pilates? Did you read that story about him? Uh, he's taking up. He's taking yeah. up Pilates. Hey, so whatever know. it takes to be prepared for exactly. that superhero role. Pilates is something I might need to try too. We'll see. <laughs> all right. And here's your reminder on when training camp gets going at Wofford College for your Carolina Panthers rookies report, July 22nd. Veterans three days later, there will be 12 total practices, including two joint practices with the Jets 
ahead of their preseason game on August 12th. July 29th is Back Together Saturday, and August 2nd, a Wednesday, is Fan Fest at Bank of America Stadium. All right, up next, the Queen City is, the, is in the international spotlight. A major soccer tournament is expanding into the U.S., what this means for the growing soccer city of Charlotte. But first, help is on the way for Charlotte FC. The Crown announced Thursday that they're signing midfielder Scott Arfield. His contract is through the 2024 season with an option for 2025. He comes to the Queen City from Rangers FC in Scotland, where he scored 43 goals in five seasons. Now, the move is pending the receipt of a P1 visa and international clearance. And we got more CSL on the other side. The long-awaited CONCACAF Gold Cup beginning tonight. The USA hosting Jamaica tonight at Soldier Field in Chicago. The match is still underway. Jamaica with the goal off a header in the 13th minute. And that's where we stand right now. Late in the match, we are now in the 73rd minute in the Windy City. But could the Queen City score a major win with the new FIFA Club World Cup? Well, on Friday, FIFA appointed the United States as the host of its new expanded tournament in 2025. But what does that mean for Charlotte? Queen City News anchor Morgan Francis looks into that question. The Queen City has shown its soccer pride in the first two seasons as the newest MLS expansion team. It's, I like that we have like a team here so we don't have to like go all over the place and try to find like a team to root for. They will be united in the United States. And now the U.S.'s ability to stage global events has landed at the opportunity to host the newly expanded 32-team FIFA Club World Cup. That's the best clubs in the entire world. So we're everybody's excited about Messi coming to Miami. Well, that's Messi and all the other best players. The tournament will take place summer of 2025, and Charlotte FC has confirmed with Queen City News they're, quote, looking into what it would take to place a bid to host one of the games. Charlotte FC can make that happen. The city of Charlotte can make that happen. I think everybody wins in that situation. If they didn't look into it, it would be pretty silly, right? Like this is a great opportunity for them to not only get visibility as a newer team, but to be able to showcase the great things that not only the team has to offer, but what Charlotte has to offer as a whole. Whether Charlotte gets the opportunity to host a game, Charlotte FC does still have a chance to earn a bid to play. They would have to first win the MLS Cup and the CONCACAF Champions Cup which might be a tall order. We are just talking like the best of the best, like elite, elite status. But hey, dreamers dream, right? Crazy things happen. That's right. And even if they don't make the Club World Cup, their loyal fan base will still be here, cheering them on at home. They usually score a bunch of goals, which is exciting. They put on a show. All right, so for the newer soccer fans out there, Charlotte FC getting into this tournament has a similar setup to high school sports. You have to win districts to make it to regionals in order to compete in the state championship. All right, well, there's arguably two goats in this photo. Country music legend Garth Brooks and, of course, Michael Jordan soaking up the NASCAR scene in Nashville this weekend. Tyler Reddick hoping to one day become a racing great himself. We've got our QC crowns on the way. Well, if you made it this far in the night with us, we thank you for watching, but now you can listen to us too. Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast is officially live. It launched what, a couple nights ago now yeah, and Thursday. is on all of your podcast providers. You can scan that QR code right there on your screen, tap the button that pops up and subscribe. Get all your Charlotte Sports Live news and chatter in the palm of your hand any day of the week. Morning drive, yeah, listen anytime coffee. in the car, you know, in the shower. I mean, anytime, anytime you want to just play some music and just listen 
to Charlotte Sports Live, you can do that right now. But now it's time for our QC Crowns. Grace, who gets the highest honor from you tonight? All right, I'm giving it to the Knights. We uh, we ran out of time to have them in the show, but they did some work in Uptown. They defeat the Bats tonight, 72. Garrett Davila, the Belmont kid getting the start tonight. Solid outing for him. And then how about Oscar Colas? He had a two-home run night. This one, guess how far this one went. Don't read it off the prompter. Don't cheat. 431 feet to center field. Knights win 7-2 series finale tomorrow. He hit that to Merchant and Trade. All right, heading back to the Music City for my crown. One time for A.J. Allmendinger. He gets his second win, uh, Xfinity Series win of the season. But the biggest story, what you see right here, a major crash right as the race ends. We would see 11 cautions in this race that ties a track record for an Xfinity race. In fact, the caution came out three times in the first 17 laps. Congrats to him. That race, of course, getting underway at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. For Grace Grill, I'm Gabe McDonald. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Good night.